you love Christmas music? Just wonderful. I guess that's why they say it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? Just for the music. I hope you're ready for Christmas. It, it's coming whether you're ready for it or not. It'll be here in just a few weeks. December 25th. Interestingly enough, it falls on a Sunday this year. We will have service here, 11 o'clock, <clears throat> like normal. We're not going to do away with the, um, the worship service. We won't be having our small group time uh, at 9.30, but we will be having the, the worship service time on Christmas morning here at 11. I uh, invite you to come be a part of that as part of your Christmas Day celebration. You know, most homes in, in getting ready for Christmas they, they will have, most of them, at least three things uh, in, in your home or three things involved in this Christmas time. Uh, you've got a Christmas list, includes the names of people you've got to buy gifts for, right? And then most of us will have a Christmas tree in our home. Ours is up. It's decorated. Uh, and and uh, a cat underneath it just dying to knock it over, I think. And there will be the Christmas gifts that you put under the tree, that you exchange with one another. Well, over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about these very things. Christmas list, Christmas tree, and Christmas gifts. But we're going to do it from a little bit of a different angle than we normally talk about these things. Instead of the way we usually address them, we're going to talk about God's Christmas. We're going to talk about God's Christmas list and who's on it. We're going to talk about God's Christmas tree. We're going to talk about God's Christmas gift. This morning we're in the Gospel of John, John chapter 3, verse 16. You're probably familiar with it. Uh, it, is, it is, I would say, the most recognized verse in all of the Bible. Uh, it's, it's one that, that we've learned since childhood if you've grown up in church. If not, we're going to introduce you to this verse this morning as we talk about God's Christmas list. Now, you've probably made your Christmas list, or you have an idea of, of who's on your Christmas list. We've done this. We know who we need to get gifts for, and maybe you've done the same thing. It, it might include uh, parents, uh, children, uh, spouse, brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, friends that you have that you're going to buy Christmas gifts for. One of the things that I've noticed is that as you get older, your Christmas list changes. Have you ever noticed that? As you get older, your Christmas list changes. And by that, I don't just mean that it expands. I mean it changes. Because listen, when I was a child, when I was little, my Christmas list was very short. You know who was on it? Me. <laughs> That's it. Just me. When I was a child, I wanted to make certain that I was not left out of Christmas. Everybody else could be left out, but not me. And so my name was the name on the Christmas list. I remember years ago, you know, for, for all of you young people, back in the days before the internet, uh, we, we used to get catalogs in the mail. And I would sit down with that Sears catalog, and I know I drove my poor mama crazy circling everything on it, and then giving her the list, and her thinking, uh-uh, <laughs> ain't going to happen. But that's what we did. We'd get the list out, I was on the list, and this is what I wanted for Christmas. And then my list began to change. You know what I've noticed now? 
the list has changed so much that eventually my name came completely off the list. And I wanted it to because I wanted to bless others. So my name came off the list. The first time it happened was the first Christmas with grandchildren, by the way. That's when my name was completely removed from the Christmas list because I know once we provided grandchildren, Leanne and I no longer existed within the family. It was just about the grandchildren. But I noticed that my list began to grow as well. Well, I think that John chapter 3, verse 16, this verse in the Bible tells us about God's Christmas list and who's on it. Look at the verse with me this morning. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Don't you love that verse? I mean, it's just, it's just no wonder it's so well known. It's foundational to everything that we believe and preach and teach. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Twenty-four words in my translation. Twenty-four words in this simple verse. And you know what? Right smack dab in the middle of it is Jesus. Twelve words on one end, twelve on the other, thereabouts. First half of the verse we look at, it's all about God. For God so loved the world that He gave. The last half of, a verse, of the verse is about us. That whoever believes should not perish, but have eternal life. This, in a nutshell, is the message of Christmas. This is what Christmas is all about for us. And I bet this morning you are probably just dying to know if you made God's Christmas list, aren't you? Am I on God's Christmas list? Because you know, he, he's, he's making a list and checking it. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's that other guy we worship at Christmas, isn't it? No, okay. No, not, not him. The, the, the thing that we need to look at is who's on the list? For God so loved the world. By show of hands this morning, how many of you are in the world? You made it! You are on God's Christmas list. You are on the list. I love that word, whoever. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him. That includes you. That includes me. Whoever. Just sometimes that word's used in the Bible. Listen to this. These in, in the Gospel of John as well. John chapter 4, verse 13. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. John 12, verse 46. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in my name may not remain in darkness. Sometimes it's translated as everyone. Look at Acts chapter 10, verse 43. To him all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Let me tell you what this means. 
Let me tell you what this means for us this morning. For God so loved the world that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting, eternal life. What this means is that God loves me and God loves you. That's what it means. But beyond that, it also means that God loves those we may find it hard to love. You know people like that? Are there people in your life that it's hard to love? This means yes. Good. God loves those people that we may find it hard to love. You see, here's the thing. I'm convinced that there is no one in this world that God does not love. I'm going to tell you right now, we can let the theologians debate it all that they want to, but I'm just going to go with what God says here. God so loved the world. That includes me. Includes you. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. God has a love for you. You know why this is the case? Because it is in His very nature to love. When you look at 1 John 4, 16, God is love. It doesn't say that God just loves. It says that God is love. And listen to this, 1 John 4, verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this is love. In other words, this is what love is all about. Not that we have loved God, but that He has loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for for our sins. God has sent His Son to deal with our sin problem. And that's important. It's eternally important because here's, here's the reality of where we live today. You and I are sinners. And our sin relationally separates us from God. But legally, it condemns us before God because we have, we, have, we have offended a holy and a righteous and a pure God by our sinfulness. And our sin deserves death. But God loves. And so what does God do in His love? He sends His Son to pay the penalty for our sin. You see, our sin deserves death. But God sends His Son, and His Son Jesus came to this earth, and He died on the cross. Listen, Jesus never sinned, never committed a single sin, never had a wrong thought, never uttered an improper word, never did anything wrong in His life, completely, totally sinless, always lived a life committed fully and totally to God. And He died. And when he died, our sin was placed upon him. He died in your place. He died in my place. Why? Because of the love of the Father. He died so that you and I might have eternal life. You see, God doesn't just say that he loves us. God has shown that he loves us by sending His Son, Jesus, to die for us. <laughs> Heard about a guy that was always telling his girlfriend, Honey, I'd die for you. 
And finally, he had said it so long, his girlfriend looked at him and said, you're always saying that, but you never do it. <laughs> well, friends, God did die for us. That's how he's shown his love to us. You want to see what love looks like? You look at the cross upon which Jesus Christ has died, and you see what love is all about. You see it. And He loves you because He is love. Here's the amazing thing about God. God doesn't love you because you're good. God doesn't love me because I deserve it. God doesn't love me because I love Him back. God doesn't love me because He sent Jesus to die. No, He sent Jesus to die because He loves us, not the other way around. We read right here that God so loved the world. It's, it's not a national love. It's, it's not just that God loves America. It's, it's that God loves the Gentile as much as he does the Jew. It's not a political love. Hey, listen, God loves the Democrat as much as he does the Republican and everybody in between. It's not some sort of racial love. All races are included in this. All peoples are included in this. It's not a financial love. It's not an intellectual love. It's not an educational love. For God so loved the world. It's a total love. Parents, you know this. If you have more than one child, is your love divided when that second child comes along? I know, I know children, if they're able to think through this, they think, oh no, mom and daddy's not going to love me as much now because we've got this. No, it's not a divided love. It's a multiplied love, isn't it? It's an amazing thing how love can grow and not be diminished from one person to another. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, from everybody. Richard Baxter, the great Puritan preacher, once said, I thank God for that word, whoever. If God had said there was mercy for Richard Baxter, I'm so vile a sinner that I would have thought he meant some other Richard Baxter. But when he says whoever, I know that includes me, the worst of all of the Richard Baxters. See, that's, that's, that's the thing about the whoever of John 3.16. It lays its hand upon everyone and says, you are the one. For God so loved the world. So loved the world. Continual love that goes on. I suppose probably that the most talked about characteristic of God is His love. And that's a great thing. It's a beautiful thing because we're told that God is love, but it's also one of the most misunderstood characteristics in all of the Bible about who God is. Remember, 1 John 4, 16 says that God is love. It doesn't say that love is God, and that's a big difference. It, it's the same as the difference of saying my dog is a girl or saying my girl is a dog. That's a totally different meaning between the two. Don't use them like that. Listen, if God is love and He is, let me tell you what that means for you and me. If God is love and He loves the world, that means that God's love is not because of you. God's love is not because of you. God's love is not because of me. Because, you know, we, we live in a world where other people may love you because of what you do for them, right? 
If you do certain things for them, then they're going to love you. But then when you stop doing those things, that love kind of dwindles and fades away, right? We live in a world where people may love you because of how you look to them. And then looks inevitably change. What happens to that love changes as well. We live in a world where, where people may love you based upon how you appeal to them. Where, where, where people may love you based upon how you can influence them one way or the other. But God doesn't love you because of you. God loves you because of Him and who He is. He loves you because He is love. And listen, you cannot influence the love of God. I'll tell you what I mean by that. You cannot do something so good that it, will make you, that it will make God love you more than He loves you right now. You can't. You can't do something so good that it will cause God to have more love towards you than He has towards you right now. Likewise, you can't do something so bad that it will make God love you less than He loves you right now. God loves you completely and totally. A lot of people, they have love that wears out, don't they? It's, it's here today, gone tomorrow, fickle up and down. God's love never ends. God's love never fails. God's love never wears out. God loves you on your good days and He loves you on your bad days. Even when you're unlovable and the rest of the world says, get away from me, you are irritating me to death. God says, I still love you. I still love you. Now, he may come along and say, you're, you're acting pretty bad, and we need to change this, and I love you enough that I'm going to change it in your life. But just like when we discipline our child, it doesn't mean that we stop loving them. It means that we express that love through that discipline to them. See, here's the thing. You cannot go where God does not love you. And you cannot act in such a way that God will quit loving you. You cannot reach the limits of His love. You cannot stop His love. And listen, this, this kind of love means that God wants to give to you eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, you're on God's list because God loves you. And He loves you enough to give to you eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus is all about. Gave His only Son. Gave. As a sacrifice on the cross, Jesus gave His life. The Father gave the Son. And Jesus gave His life for you. That's love. That's love. Wow. When I was, when I was a kid in, in, in elementary school and stuff, sometimes we would, us, us old people will, will understand this, uh, you young people just take us at our word on this, okay? They don't have an app for it yet. It's not a game. So, um, but you know, when you, when you had one of those little childhood crushes on somebody and you'd, you'd pick a daisy, You'd pull the pedals. She loves me. She loves me. You remember doing that? That's one of the great memories of childhood. Yeah. She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. 
You know, I always rigged that game. <laughs> Every time she loved me, because <laughs> I would rig that game and made sure of it. You know what? God doesn't have to rig the game. Every drop of Jesus' blood is crying out, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Every drop of it. And see, here's the great thing about this, this, this list that we're on. At, at Christmas time, when we get together and, 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 and we go into the living room and we exchange gifts, we don't sit down and say to our children, oh, listen, your gift will be here in 10, 20 years, something like that maybe. You'll get it, you'll get it one day. We don't do that. Some people think, some people think that you have to wait until you die to know whether or not you got eternal life with God. That's not the way God gives. He doesn't do that. Listen to this, 1 John 5, 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Isn't that a great word? I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Being on God's Christmas list means that you can right now receive God's eternal life. Right now, right here, where you're sitting in this instant, you can receive eternal life. You don't have to wait until you die to find out if it's true or not. Listen to these two verses. John 5, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life. Has. Present tense. Has. Right now, eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but he is passed from death to life. John 6, 47. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Eternal life doesn't begin when you die. Eternal life begins when you become a follower of Jesus Christ. Eternal life begins when you repent of your sin and believe in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. That's it. See, think about this. When, when you repent of your sin and you trust in Jesus, you get to receive His gift of eternal life right then, right there. And that's the beauty of being on God's Christmas list. This love is extended to you, for God so loved the world. The love is extended to you, but you're not going to know that love until you receive Jesus Christ. You're not. That's why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, you're not ever going to know the love of God until you come to realize it was my sin that put him on the cross. And today I want to turn away from that sin and I want to trust in Jesus Christ alone. And then you experience the love of God that is extended to you through Jesus, his Son. I can't imagine why in the world would anyone reject this kind of love. To have someone who loves you so much, he is willing to die for you so that you might have eternal life. 
Why in the world would we reject that? Well, I, I, don't, I don't want to give up my life. Friends, your life's going to take you straight to hell. Your life is going to take you straight to, to missing out the eternity with God that your soul desperately needs. Your life is going to have you continuing to live under the weight of your own sin and the guilt that comes with that. And the only hope and the only remedy for that is Jesus Christ alone. You see, God loves you. He loves you so much that He sent His Son to die in your place. Will you say no to this kind of love? Will you reject this kind of love when it is freely offered to be received, to be embraced, to be celebrated? Would you pray with me this morning? This morning before we pray, I just want to stress to you the nature of the love of God. Again, I want you to understand this. He loves you because He is love. And He loves you so much that He sent His Son Jesus who took your sin upon Himself. And if you will trust in Jesus, repenting of your sin and placing your faith in Christ alone, you can receive eternal life. But if you don't, you stand forever under the loving justice of God. Why would you reject it? In a moment, we'll have our time of invitation, a time for you to respond however the Lord might lead you. I want you to understand, it's not necessary for any kind of response or invitation in a church setting for you to trust in Christ. Wherever you are, whatever is going on around you, you can cry out to Jesus. And I pray you will. Don't, don't let another day go. But if today you'd like to confess faith in Christ, if today you'd like to share with your church family, then we'll invite you to come. Just so we can rejoice with you in that decision. The Lord speaks to you. If the Lord touches your heart about this, respond to Him today. Father, we thank You for this moment. We thank You for this time. We thank You for the precious gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. Father, we thank You for your love. We are undeserving of it. We could never possibly earn that kind of love. And so we thank you that it is in your very nature to love. And that you've loved us so much you've sent Jesus to die for us. Father, I pray there would not be a person in this place who would not respond to the call of the gospel this morning to place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. For it's in His name that we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand together as we stand, we sing together. If you need to come, you come.